0: cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. I will thank you. give you all the praise. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Father, for helping us. Father, we thank you for the grace to be here again this morning. To be that exalted Lord in Jesus' name. Lord, we have come before you once again. We are here to partake of your life, to partake of you. We ask, Father, that you will bless us with your presence in our heart, in understanding, in the name of Jesus. Father, the blessing that comes from your presence, you will supply to us today, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that as we go into the word, that you would give your spirit and your life. You will guide us in your word, in the name of Jesus. Father, I yield my members to you today. I yield to you uh, concerning whatever you have to say to us today. Father, we ask that you have mercy on me and you will guide me in your word in the name of Jesus. We ask, Father, that you will guide much more. You will guide me and you would clothe me with your spirit. Even as we go into the word in the name of Jesus, we ask, Father, that the word will open up to us. In the name of Jesus and that your word would pierce into our soul because you said that your word is a two-edged sword said it is uh, even pierced into the bones and marrow it's able to separate between spirit and soul and body father thank you we ask Lord that the spirit of your word would flow from your word today in the name of Jesus thank you father because you've answered our prayers Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's have our seat. And uh, can we just take a moment to say hi to our neighbor? Good to see each and every one of us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So it's good to see everyone here again this morning. Uh, Are we excited to be here? Awesome. 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 Amen. It's a beautiful day. So see what the lord has for us amen, amen. so i uh, just want to welcome everyone again from my left to my right uh welcome you do and jasper light you're welcome welcome and uh welcome Auntie delight you're welcome good to see you and uh my lovely wife thank you thank you for helping us good to see you and uh kelvin kelvin you're welcome Welcome, welcome. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, uh, I was going to just uh, perhaps continue from Tuesday, but I felt perhaps maybe uh, I should, before I say anything, just just check and see if we have any questions regarding the teaching so far. If there's anything that, you know, sound out. Oh, what does that sound like then maybe I can re really explain amen yeah. or something that is not clear at all maybe that you know, from the teachings you can just you know, clarify before I continue amen yeah. so no questions If there are no questions, then we'll just trust God and we go from, from there, amen. amen. One thing that is clear is that the Lord has been saying to us that he wants to bless us with sight, amen. Uh, we're in the seventh month, right? Yes. Wow, that's true. And we're still teaching uh, introductory stuff. Honestly, by now, I thought we would have been hmm, interesting, because uh, they say I should teach foundation, so I started teaching it, uh, and the way things are going, it's like it's possible to actually keep teaching this area for years, months, and we're not exhausted, because there are many angles that the Lord can come to teach us these things that we are learning. Amen. So I'm just going to go from Romans three, or do I want to go to Acts chapter six? Right, because that's, so Acts 26, but that's where we stopped on Tuesday. But I feel perhaps, maybe I should go to Romans three again. I just felt I should talk about, I don't know, this Jew thing. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So I hope not to take our time today. I just flow as the Spirit leads. Amen. And I just trust that today will be a quick walk. Amen. So we're going to read from Romans chapter 3, verse 9. So what then, uh, are we better than they? Uh, so I think this aspect I need to read from verse verse uh, eight. It says, and not rather as we be slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. What then, are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin amen so when paul is saying are we better than they he's talking about the gentiles right but uh, of course as we've seen that uh, paul was comparing a Jew with a Gentile right and from there he's making us understand that um Because the argument of, uh, Paul's argument was comparing a Jew, right, to a Gentile. And in comparing a Jew to a Gentile, of course, in the natural, we know that a Jew, right, is he who have God as his destiny. A Jew is he who have God as his inheritance, right? We don't have uh, Gentiles that have God as their inheritance it's only a Jew that can have inheritance in God, right? So, the Lord has not, has not distributed himself to a Gentile. Amen. So, the Lord made it clean and clear in the Old Testament, right, that a Jew is different from a Gentile. And Hebrew, right, of the Hebrew, like Paul said, is, right, is different from a Gentile. But that is a, a natural truth, right? When I say natural, I means in the natural, the Lord made it clear and made it plain that a Jew definitely is not the same as a Gentile, right? And if you look at the, like I was saying, the, the, the is it the deciding, not the deciding factor? What, what separates a Jew from a Gentile really is their God right? So a Jew serves or a Jew belongs to Israel, right? Who, who have God. So a Jew have God, while a Gentile doesn't. What they have are other gods. Uh, because Paul told us in Corinthians, right? Chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, regarding a, a Gentile, right? that we were carried about by these dumb idols, right? So the Gentiles were carried about. So the thing about a Gentile or a Gentilic nation is that they have idols, amen? Praise the Lord. They have what? They have idols. So a, a, a Jew cannot, should not have an idol. The moment a Jew begins to have an idol, he begins to call for God's wrath. Right? Because the next thing that will visit such Jew is the wrath of God. Right? Like we see in uh, the book of Exodus, right? Where the Israelites, as they began to journey in the wilderness, they got to Mount Sinai and then on Mount Sinai, God said, come. Right? They couldn't. They said, Moses, you go. So while Moses were, was on top of the mountain, receiving what all Israel should have received, something else was happening. They were, they were beginning to find for themselves another God. And it's, it's, it's such a funny, funny thing. Why? Because it's like you have an inheritance in something, and then you are just removing yourself. By sheer uh, desire, right? They decided to. By that time, they already knew. I mean, this person took us from Egypt. This person parted the Red Sea, provided food. Then he just said, "We should come up." We couldn't go. Well, the one that even said Moses go? And then while Moses was there, they couldn't wait for Moses to descend. They started looking for another God. Saying, Aaron, make us a God. Meaning that uh, they they are aware of what it means to have God. The truth of the matter is that the soul of man is not designed to be without a God. It's not designed to be without a God because the soul must be; it must belong to a God. Right? It can't. It can't. It can't be neutral. Right in such a way that today, or let me just say, I decide I'm no longer uh, serving God. And I'm no longer serving Satan. I don't want to have any God. It's not possible because even if the soul desires to be like that, it's not possible for it to be. Why? Because of the way the soul is made. The soul of a man is made to always and always and always look for a God. It must look for a God. If you can't look for a God, it will create, if you can't find one, it will create one. And that's why we, we uh, there's a, how do I put it? Is, is, is this is how, uh, how do I put it? Ah, I'm trying to you know, just explain why it's so difficult to save souls, right? Because of how so intertwined, it is with gods. And gods are leadings. Whenever, whenever, there's, a, whenever there's a god, there must be a leading. That, and that's it, right? Wherever there's a god, there must be a leading. I think there, there was something on Tuesday, I'm trying to remember that you know, we talked about uh, when it comes to the soul, right? The living soul is, I think I was mentioning that the living soul is designed to be led, right? It must be led by God. It must be led by something. And for it to be led, right, it must be shown the way. Right? And being shown the way is the reason for the sight. Right? So you have sight. Uh, The sight which which a soul has is the eye with which it's been led. A soul can never be hmm. let me put it this way. A soul can never be better than the sight with which it's using. It can be better than that. And that shows that sight can be upgraded. Amen. So, because I'm trying to marry, so why will a believer that is growing, that obviously when he's born again, does not have the sight that it should have, Right? To make the best of the best decision. So how does it end up learning to get to the point where they can make such decisions? It's because of upgrade. Right? It's upgrade. Without the upgrading of sight, it's impossible for a soul to turn or to change direction. It's impossible. Because one of the things we read in Acts, I think we'll get there. I think that's also, we'll see what the Lord has to say, but I'm just, I'm still seeing some land in that area. Is the the moment God told, uh, or let me say the Lord, like Jesus the Lord, Jesus the Christ, appeared to Paul, he said to him, to open their eyes and then to turn them. Right? So, opening of sight comes before turning. And turning, or let's say the open of sight is what leads to forgiveness of sins. Right? Like we read we read that in the book of Act 26. We'll get there, but I was I just felt I should explain this a bit, right? But the eye, right, that a soul is using is the determining factor of the quality of its life. Amen. Because and, and, hmm. this, this opening of eye thing is very, 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 very important. Because the truth of the matter is that the opening of sight does not happen once, it is a continuous operation that the soul comes into over time. In short, the, the process of salvation is the, is the dealings of sight opening. Amen. If they are not opening sights, it's not possible for changing to occur or for a soul to change. You notice that every single time a soul picks it up, ah, I must change. What we see is that there's a, there is a, a different way, right, of seeing, or it's the different way of seeing that causes the soul to realize, ah, there has to be a change here. In that instant where the soul sees that, what has just happened is that they've ministered sight to that soul. Amen. I know the, the, the thing is, because we are carried about by dumb idols, it's not easy to change sight. It's not easy, because those idols, they have married themselves to sights of men. They're just married, and to turn a to turn soul, there has to be a lot of heavenly resources to turn. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think this turning thing is what I'm going to talk about, but uh, let, me, let me flow from where I entered here. Like I said, that Israel, right, they found a God, right? So they found a God for themselves the moment the moment Moses went up the mountain. Amen? So Moses went up the mountain. to get, They were being led by a God, by God generally, right? But the moment Moses went up, they decided to do their own thing. Okay, Aaron, give us a God. Why? They couldn't wait for their God. Normally they were supposed to be on that top of the mountain with God. It's not only Moses that was supposed to be there. In short, all Israel was supposed to climb that mountain to where God is. But they all couldn't make it there because of uh I can say the word the word dullness of hearing. Right? I can say that uh, according to scripture, because they were dull of hearing. The major thing, the major problem with them in that as in that time is that they could not endure the word being spoken to them. So they said that the word should not be spoken to them any longer. Pretty much, don't speak to me. Don't talk to me. Let me go and make a way for myself. Or don't talk to me. Talk to Moses. And the truth of the matter is that 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 heart posture Removed them from an inheritance. Because that heart posture uh, stopped them from coming into what God has desired. What did God desire? So that it is his will that all Israel will prophesy. So what does that mean? Right? It is his will that is all Israel will be a nation of priests. Okay, I think... Hmm. Is it all, will all prophesy or will be priests? I think it's priests mostly. But that will prophesy, I think I, there's a scripture in my head that is. That is, uh, is there a scripture that talks about that? That it would wish that all Israel would prophesy. Hmm. But one thing I know for sure is that it would have loved that Israel would be a nation of priests, right? Eventually they will become prophetic nations, right? Amen. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. So it is his will that Israel will become a prophetic nation. Mm -hmm. Are we able to find uh, anything that talks about, (laughs) okay, (laughs) I think I remember, what does he say? Numbers 11 Okay And we are for, for my sake Would God that would God that all the Lord's people were prophets Would God that the Lord's people would be mm-hmm. that the Lord's people would be what prophet and the Lord, and put his spirit, spirit upon them, them. All people, that's a hand. Spirit upon them, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put His spirit upon them. Amen. But that statement is really, really talking about the destiny of Israel. Israel. And you know that destiny there is not just talking about having the Holy Spirit, it's not just talking about the giving of the Holy Spirit. So that, the, that the Lord's people, all of them, will be prophets. Right? All of them will be prophets. Now, what kind of, if, if you look at that, that statement, what kind of a nation is that? You know, in the, in, in, as a child of God now, if you see anybody that comes that prophesies, it's like, oh, ah, we have a prophet here in our midst. Right? But they're saying that everybody will prophesy. I mean, every Israelite, the Lord's people, it means all of them. Would prophesy or would be prophets. Right? So that that is talking something different from just one or two or three people having prophetic gift. Right? Or let me use this word, is a lot different from the gift that Christ gave to the church. He gave gift to men, right? Some prophets, some apostles, right? And that word, some. Right, so, meaning that it's not everybody, it's some. So, while in the body, in the church, we can have some that are prophetic, we have some right, that are teachers, some, we can have some of, all the fivefolds can be some, some, some. But this one is not talking about some, it's talking about all. And when you start moving to that aspect of, all means that you're you're nearing God, because it's God that uses that use that language. All, 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 all things, all things, all. Uh, uh, Hebrew uses another word. All, okay. It's Hebrew use all things. Yes. All things. All. 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 That's God, God's dimension. Amen. So when you say all Israel, means that everybody in Israel will be prophets. But that is not talking more of a prophetic nature, more than a prophetic gift. So there's no way you will have a prophetic nature. You won't be prophetic naturally. You understand? You'll be prophetic, right? So being a prophet there is really talking more about the destiny of all Israel. And not just all Israel in the Old Testament, but all Israel in the New as well. So like that Romans, Romans 3 that I started from, right, is making it clear that there is a distinct separation between a Jew and a Gentile right and then here now there is a distinction between a Jew and a Gentile so Jews in the natural in the old testament right has been moved right into a spiritual order in short, everything that is in the Old Testament, right, even though it's spiritual in a way, but it was more an example, so this is natural in a way. But everything that we see there has been moved into the spirit, meaning that there's a different side that men must have to begin to interpret those scriptures. If it's just interpreted plainly, we know, as scripture has said, the letter kill it. It's clear, letter kills. Just carry Old Testament, start interpreting it, without the New Testament sense, we will miss it. In short, that's where many, many, many doctrine flows from. Yeah. Doctrine that don't, that don't edify, doctrine that kill, because the doctrine is, is letter-based, right? Doctrine like, don't drink tea. If you drink tea, there's a problem. Right, or, or you don't think that don't drink tea has ever happened? Reverend well, was giving us <laughs> was telling, <laughs> they was saying that there was a time he does not drink tea. I, was, you know, I had to say ah tea, you need tea. It was there. There were times that there were things that were were not with that. There's, there's a zeal for God, but it was lacking understanding. That's the main thing, that's the main uh, issue there. We're just lacking understanding, right? At least, I know everybody will be able to re- uh, resonate with lipstick, right? There are times you dare, you dare not use lipstick. The moment you use it, problem. Now, we can all use lipstick freely. There are still some that won't use lipstick, they won't. If you give them lipstick, they'll run. Say, ah, no, 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 it can't be, really, no, 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 that's, you say Satan, it's Satan. That, uh, uh, it's material they put together that, that created the stick. I eh? don't know if that is Satan that created it is it Satan. Amen. So there are there were things that were born out of uh, zeal, right? But not without understanding. Amen. Amen. So the Lord wants all Israel to prophesy. So that is their destiny. That is where the Lord is taking them. Because the Lord wants to put what is spirit upon them. And we see that uh, dest- as it is it's, it's treated in Ezekiel I believe 38, right? Uh, when the Lord began to talk about a new heart, right? A new spirit that I put upon them, right? And then we give, give them a heart of flesh. And then my spirit it will not put upon a heart of flesh. Right? So, if my spirit, because that's, that my spirit is the Lord talking that his own spirit. Mm-hmm. So, my spirit and my spirit is for God himself to put his very spirit on men. Right? he has already started the work when we get born again by giving his spirit as Holy Ghost. Right? So Holy Spirit is eventually would ensure that my spirit rests on souls. Amen. So Israel has a destiny is for the Lord to put his spirit upon them and that all will be prophets. Right? I just want us to see that nation. There's two things in my mind that I hope I would be able to land on. So the Lord, the Lord have the Lord have or let me say Israel, Israel have a destiny, right? To receive the Spirit of God and to become prophets. So I want us to imagine if you have every believer, because now the Israel now. Are Christians. Now imagine that everybody is a prophet. If we are if not picking this order that we, are, we just read, if we pick the order of the one we know, gift, prophetic gift, okay. Imagine everybody is a prophet. And everybody is prophesying. prophesying. Everybody is prophesying. Don't you think it would be weird? Eh? Or strange? in the way. I mean there may not be if you look at it there may not be anything wrong but you just why? Because as everybody is prophesying, if the Lord did not save all of us fully, if we're not saved, if everybody begins to prophesy a problem. Because as this one's prophesying, this one will say, why is he one prophesying? Me too I can prophesy. The prophecy will come forth. That one is prophesying. Somebody else that I have not thought that thought before will pick the thought again. Ah. Jide prophesy. Tade prophesy. Me too I to get prophetic gifts now. Why is Jide and Tade showing forth? Me too. I want to prophesy. You now realize that when that begins to happen, it's like a chain reaction. After that happens for a while, everybody will bite on the fruit. Of jealousy, strive, right? Because there's no uh, order, like Paul said to the Colossians church, right? Beholding your order in the spirit, right? Looking and beholding your order. To have that, that order is growth, because to have it, we have to be saved to a measure. It's as we are being saved, amen. Praise the Lord. Are we blessed yet? So, I'm trying to retrace my thought now. So, all Israel, right, couldn't move to... All Israel couldn't move to to the mountain to hear God's word, right? So, all Israel couldn't go. And because they couldn't go, they then began to make gods for themselves, Right? And as they began to make God for themselves, like I was saying, important aspect. Not this thing, it sounds simple. I don't know, I just have to iterate it a bit. Important aspect is the soul can't be without a God. The question now, right, like Israelite, the question we should be asking ourselves is what other gods are, are inside here apart from The true God, apart from the only true God. Why? Because the only God that should sit in every soul is the only true God. Right? The only true God. That's the only God that should sit inside the heart. Right? But we have many, many, many gods. Why? Because our gods are our idols. Amen. Our gods are what? Our idols. So, because of that, the Lord needed to be patient, right? To begin to remove those idols. To, to remove idols, right, is what they, is, 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 ah, It's like I'm moving into that act. 26 already, right? That's what I wanted to move on to, but it's like, it's just good deal, just land there, right? But I wanted to just build a bit, right? So those idols that heaven needs to deal with, right, is what Acts 26 began to tell us about forgiveness of sins. When they begin to forgive sins, idols are removed. And forgiveness of sin is not a simple it's not, it's, not, it's not an easy task. I mean, well, yes, it's not an easy task for us. Because, well, let me say, it's not an easy task for God. I mean, God can conquer anything. The reason why it's not easy is because our will is involved. To forgive sin, eyes must be open. Turning must take place. Repentance must happen. For forgiveness there must be repentance if there is no repentance forget forgiveness so repentance must take place so what we know about repentance is actually the principle of repentance right like we've learned in life class to repentance from dead works, right that's also a principle and you know that that is actually the water of john so what does, say, what, say what John baptized unto repentance, meaning that they start training us with repentance the moment we get born again, right? That's when the training of repentance begins. The, begin, the, the, the first aspect of it is repentance from dead works. That's when we start practicing repentance. Amen? So we begin to repent from dead works. Ah, uh all the Bible artists I used to do, I do them no more. I don't, Okay, this one now. Ah, I should stop. I should stop lying. I should stop stealing. I should stop. I should stop. We are practicing repentance. Right? It's repentance. But we, we will still repent. That, because there's the principle. Then there's the knowledge of it. We begin to deal. Like I was explaining, principle doesn't give you much info. It just tells you the principle and you just go use it, right? It's Just principle. When you do this, this happens. When you do this, this happens. When you do this, this happens. When you sin, repent. When you notice that you are not full of the Spirit, pray in the Spirit. When you notice, do this, do that, do this, do that. That is principles upon principles, right? Keep giving principles. And you now realize that when we begin to use principles. When they bring the real teaching, it's not difficult to yield. Because why? It's not strange to our member. Imagine if repentance is strange to a soul and they are giving them knowledge about Christ, everlasting life, eternal life. And they begin to bring bring uh, repent- some, some level of repentance in that order. That soul would find it difficult. Ah. What is what is how do I repent? Ah, huh? how do I? How do I repent? Why? Because there's no practice of repentance. Right. So part of the part of the reason why they have to teach us with principle is that they must expose us to the way, the manner, the manner before the real teaching comes. Amen. So we are picking this uh, aspect of a Gentile, right, and a Jew is that they have a God. What separates a Gentile from a Jew is that they have a, a Gentile have a different God or they have idols. Right? Because the, world of, the Gentilic world is the world of idols. And that's what God was warring with right, when he was using Israel to claim lands. I, I remember, I, I, maybe I've mentioned this before, but there was a time I had a friend that was asking me a question. Long time ago, that time I just started, I think that was the initial time I started getting acquainted with God much more than I used to. I mean, I, I, was, I, was, I was moving away from, you know, having a sense of Christianity, just a regular, you know, my, my daddy and mommy are Christians, they took me to church. I was beginning to have a sense of relationship with God in a way. What happened? My friend asked me a question. He said, why was God, if God is truly loving and merciful, why was it asking Israel to kill all the other God? That means he's not merciful. I couldn't answer that question. I just said, well, God knows what, it's only God that knows, you know. We don't know what happens. But I know that the answer is not enough for that soul. <laughs> soul because that soul is already journeying far. That soul was, if I would say that soul was higher than, my, was higher than me. In what way? Because that soul, because somehow, somehow, God was still put out, I was still innocent of many things. Imagine when a soul g- arrives at okay. God was killing all these nations. Why is he killing them? It means that their spirits have been raising that soul. They've been showing that soul away. One of the things I also identified later, that soul withdrew from church in a way. When, when, when you talk about Christian values, it doesn't... Will be telling you, ah, I was wondering what happened. Later, I got to understand that way to see that time was asking all those times was asking you those questions. It's joining. it's going. It's going. But I was still in order Later enough, and I understood, okay, why God? But one key thing is that for God to keep you. you, know, you don't know too much, but God was still keeping you. Ah, it means that. God is truly merciful. God is truly, truly merciful. Everything we have today, we should not be too boastful. Ah, it's Bible uh, for where? If God did not keep. Spirit, spirits have been walking. Do you know how many times spirit came and asked me, do you believe there's God? <laughs> Randomly, I'll just be, uh, do, do you think there's God? Do you think God, there's, don't, don't you think that those things that those guys are saying that there's no God is true? Just think about it. Think about it. Guess what's funny? He even used Big Bang theory to try and convince me. He said, You think God created everything? Okay. What about the Big Bang? You see, and as, a, as an engineer with scientific mind, in a way, the, 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 the thought makes sense. Say gas. At an infinitesimal compression, exploded. Boom. Big bang. Right? Tiny. It was, it was a tiny spark. Bang. Everything started expanding. We have worlds. You have galaxies. And Earth is just one aspect. What if aliens are real? So those are the conversations in my heart. Satan was trying to convince me. <laughs> and it's not that he tried to convince me. 10 years ago and he left it. He keeps coming. He keeps coming and coming and trying to come. I am like, how else? Until every question is bringing, I have answered to them. Yeah. After a while, it stopped, stopped, stopped troubling my soul concerning whether God exists or not. Why? Because I have, a, I, have I, I arrived at a solution, which is no matter what it is, this experience I have of God is too real to deny. So, even if there are aliens, even if there are other galaxies, one thing is true. This God that I am serving, that I have experienced, is real. And if you have other galaxies and other aliens, it will explain to me why. It doesn't change him. True. Doesn't God is still God. That experience can't, is undeniable. So therefore, eh, let them make all the noise. The, you know the media, the too. they there trying to give, bring, oh, you know the story about aliens are true. The government have been hiding it. Okay, why is it now they decide to start saying it? Why now that every, why, why? Eh? They want to add to things in Superman's soul. Mind. You know, they've been trying to change their mind. Maybe, ah, okay. It's even possible that they created that alien rumor a long time ago to use it now. You never know. But one thing is certain. The moment they bring the truth of aliens, one thing that they will attack is the scripture you see. All these alien, 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 their target is to attack the Bible. And to this the Bible... And say that even in scripture, because I've seen some thoughts too going around the Bible saying that Ezekiel's vision is an alien. I'm like, how did you arrive here? A wheel inside a wheel, blah 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 blah. That looks like a, a UFO, a different kind of a UFO. I'm like, ah, 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 ah. ah. So you read this old book. What you can bring out there is that there's an alien that is flying and then wheel. Ah, ah come on. Right? But that should tell you, all those thoughts are not ordinary. They have, they have where they are going. They want to invalidate everything God inside the soul. See, thank God for God keeping each and every one of us. Where Satan is going inside every soul, scripture has told us where he's going. Satan wants to obliterate anything called God inside souls. That's what he's going for. He said, I read it... Uh, Second Thessalonians chapter, chapter two, verse one. Let me read from verse one. It says, "Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ." Okay, it's still twelve fifty. Ah, we have time. In my mind, I thought time has gone in a way. Okay, so now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by your gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter. You know what? I think I read this verse 2 again, because it buttresses what I was saying earlier. It said As that ye, It says, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, See that you not be soon shaken in mind. Why will brethren be shaken in mind? It means that something is coming against them. Because what they are saying is more like consolation to their soul, right? They want to console them. Don't be soon shaken. Don't mean don't be moved. Why? Because Satan wants to shake men. There's, there's one thing that is particular to shaking. Right? Is that whenever you see it happening, things must fall. Right? Because it's not only Satan that shakes. God also shakes. Right? He said, I will shake the heavens. Right? And the earth. Not just the earth only, but the heavens and the earth. And what happens after that? Stars were falling. Like we saw in the book of Revelations, right? Whenever there is a shaking, stars fall, they turn off things. Whenever you see shaking happen, things are turned off. Imagine when Satan begins to shake souls. They turn off things in souls too. Meaning that they can turn off God. When Satan is shaking souls, want to shake you, shake, shake, what he's doing is is turning off things in souls. He wants to turn it off. He wants to turn it off. Yeah. Turn this one off. Turn that one off. Turn God's sense off here. Turn Christ's sense. Turn it off. Turn Holy Ghost's sense. Turn it off. After you've turned off Holy Ghost's sense, I'm sure there are still other things to turn off. Then now turn off living soul sense. Wherever there is element of God. Inside the soul, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. So he says, Do not be shaken in mind. Like I was saying, these days, the world is, is gone. What they are trying to do with all these nonsense news, UFOs, all that, they just want to shake minds. And they just want to shake it alone. They want to remove the knowledge of God from minds. Amen. Why am I saying this? is important that souls hold on to the knowledge of God right as long as souls are holding on to it and there is something to hold on to in scripture there will always be souls holding on to God but start the the what's that english word the this is discrediting start discrediting everything about scripture Turn it upside down. Look at the major aspect of faith, and begin to turn it upside down. Begin to shake them, right? You believe in an unknown God, okay? What if those that unknown God? Well, we know now is your God, God. I'm calling it unknown God because of what Paul meant, right? But let me say, the world is saying that you believe in God, Abby. Okay, but your belief in God is tied to certain things. One, faith. They attack faith. Okay, it's believed to spiritual experiences. Now discredit that too, remove, all oh, prophecy, visions, make it, make it, <laughs> make it sensual. Remove, remove all the spiritual element out of it. That what you have is a textbook. One thing is certain, and I'm seeing it is that as long as there's scripture, they can't get men, and I, and it's true. It's like they've seen it. The kings of this earth have seen it. Like you want to get everybody. Okay, you want to stop Christians getting souls born again, attack their Bible. See that scripture that they hold on, that, that's the symbol of their faith. They have discredit every single thing in there. Then what, what argument would they have? You realize that when you now come, you say repent, they'll tell you what do you mean by repent? Is it not your God that was killing souls? Okay. I had a vision. You had a vision. Are you sure it was not an hallucination? I have. I have somebody that thinks like that. Well, the parent, the, that that person's parent was dying, and the person was saying that, "Oh, I'm beginning to see something on the other side," right? And it was it was in the workplace, really. And then my boss was saying that, "Ah, I've I've heard of testimonies of." If uh, of you know elderly people that I know that because because he is a Christian, that when they were about to die, they began to talk about the other world. They began to talk about heaven. Then the mind came. How do you know that is heaven? How do you know? How do you know that they are not just hallucinating, because they are about to die and all kinds of visions can begin to you know it can be as hallucination. He doesn't believe in God. Doesn't believe in heaven. Doesn't like, okay, do you believe in heaven? He'd be like, no, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't. So what do you, I don't, I don't think anything. So what do you believe happens when you die? I believe, well, I guess everything will just go blank. And that's it. You're dead, dead, no hope. So once it's blank, it's blank, it's gone, that's it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Ah, I just look at that mind. I was looking, I'm like, you can't convince this mind by just having conversation. You can't convince that mind. That mind, that mind needs encounter. That kind of mind needs an encounter where, you know, they will just fall down and be crying. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of encounter they need. Like, uh, like Pastor Cecil was telling us, so when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he, would, he began to tell, God is real! God is real! God is here! He's here! He's real! <laughs> I said, that's, that's the kind of encounter that kind of soul needs. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him, that ye be not sh- soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by words, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. I'm just beginning to see, but I do not spend much time there. Is that, see all the things they're talking about? Mind, spirit, word. Those are areas. By which believers have entrance into God. Or by which God can have entrance into soul. If, if, the, if, if the words were shaken. If their spirits are shaken. Right? And if their minds are shaken. They have shaken the spirit, soul, and body. Those three aspects are shaken already right? Words. So when you're you're talking about word, that's the literal aspect, the natural aspect, right? Because as I'm talking now, what you're hearing is word. But that word is not just word, it it can turn to spirit. Like Jesus said, my words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. But it starts by word. So the word now has to be spirit and life for the soul, right? So where it's going is the soul, or let me say the frame of man? But you must hear it outside. Then there's the mind aspect that resonates, that feed upon the world, and then later it moves into our spirit. As a spirit, no man is a spirit, right? So if they if they've shaken, so saying here that they can, Satan has a goal is to shake man that. His spiritual and body pew, gone. Right? Is is there? He will shake man. It's doing that. Right? It doesn't just doesn't look like you no know, the real shaking. He's doing that by now. What's the sign that he's doing that? It's a sign that now they can tell you whatever you feel like, that's what you are. It's a sign of so, of men being shaken. Why? Because you can see something is off. And there are souls that believe that with all that they have. That when they begin to go out, say anything against that, they will fight you as if, that's, that they are, as if their life depends on it. That's what, that's what is actually scaring me. That's what, they that must fear me for men. That, wait, you can take something as, 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 I don't want to use the word as senseless as this, but that's really what it is. Because there is no, real sense to it, right? That takes something of that sense and magnify it to the core and believe it and run with it and then begin to fight every other man that does not believe so. Means that something is wrong with that man, with that soul. And it's not just one soul that this thing is happening to. It's happening to what? Many souls, because if you look at the world today, that's, 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 what, that's what we call woke culture. So the woke culture, right, is the culture of a shaken man. And a shaken man is an empty man. He wants to shake empty. That's what it is. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So a shaken man is an empty man. So let me quickly read for further. It says that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. It says, let no man deceive you, right, by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. You see, the effect of the shaking. Right? It's already happening. Why? Because when things are shaken, there is a falling away. Right? And it's not only Satan that is shaking. God is also shaking. Like I was saying. But let me go further. It says, falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed. The son of perdition. This one is the man of sin be revealed. The son of of perdition who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God does what seated in the temple of God, shewed himself. That he is God. Right? Showing himself that he is God. See this chapter, this verse 4 that they are telling us, they are talking about different aspects of Satan's plan. Men, God. He knows that God also has a plan. Men, Him. Right? So, every aspect of God in men wants to remove it, right? Like we've learned that the soul of man is a time machine. The soul of man is the clock of the earth. In a way, I can even say it's the clock of the heavens. Right? In a way. Meaning, because God is looking at the clock of the soul, right, in every man to bring things, right? Well, let me put it this way. The, the soul determines, right, the soul of man determines the destiny of man and of Satan, right? Because I can't say determine the destiny of God, praise the Lord. Why? Because either which ways, God will not lose. That's just the truth of the matter. God cannot what? Cannot lose. So what's important we are seeing here. So who opposed and exhorted himself about, above all that is called God? Amen. He opposed all that is called God, but we have to see where, right? Above that is called God, all that is worshipped, because he wants to take worship for himself. All that is called God, all that is worshipped. Why? Because worship is worship is specific. To gods. Wherever there is worship, there is a God. There is no worship without a God. Meaning that when you when you see souls of men worshiping certain things, meaning there's a God there. If a soul worships mammon, there's a mammon God in that soul. And what is worship? Commitment. We can say commitment. Whatever a soul is worshipping, that it's God. Like this thank God I was hearing all, all this gist, you know. Light of America to the reverend mentioned a couple of things, right? About a gist. It's a gist about a at, about a Chinese man, right? When some men brought the gospel, right? Say the man I said, he now discovered that these people that they are God is not what they are carrying say that their God is gold. Why? Because when they come, they bring Bible. When they are going, they carry gold. (laughs) So they come with Bible, but they go with gold. Meaning that if if the God they are carrying in that Bible is their God, they won't be bothered with gold. So meaning that the Chinese one was able to see their worship. Meaning that they are actually worshipping that gold. (sighs) Amen. This worship aspect, eh, I think we can resonate with it a lot. In the sense that many of the things that we may not necessarily see too much that is a worship of an idol. When we understand this aspect, especially with this example, now we realize that, ah, it's possible there are other things that I worship. It's possible. Ah, okay. Maybe I worship my, I can, I can be worshiping my estate. My estate can be my God. I can be worshiping my pride. I can be worshiping my image, Right? Many, 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 many things. And how is the commitment to it? The commitment, and what's that commitment? When the thing the smells any threat of it being removed, of it being shaken, it begins to react. Ah, there's a commitment there. When souls begin to react to things, what you are seeing is, there's a, there's, there's a why? Because what the soul is committed to, He does not just leave it. He fights toot and nail. For you to yank anything out of this, be it God, be it Satan, as long as you are committed to it, the soul will not let it go easily. Why? Because the soul is a a tool of worship. When you have the souls of men, You can't have worship without souls. So, 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 thank you. What... What... What, uh, uh, What, what is used for worship is the soul. Right? Wherever you have worship, there must be a soul. You can't have worship with just bodies. Right? And there's no way you will talk about a soul and you will never talk about the spiritual aspect. So each most of the time, when we talk about souls, right, you, you might as well just Merge spirit and soul when we're talking about man, a man, when you say soul, although there's a separate function, right? That is soul plays, but most of the time it's spirit and soul together, and then we realize that for a long time we couldn't even separate the two. Amen. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much. (coughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we see clearly that wherever the soul is present, you have worship. Worship is worship is what the soul do and is there anything you say you have you 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 commit to without your soul there's nothing check whatever you you are you are committed to just check it maybe you are trying to say you know what i will come and see you tomorrow you are telling someone you are making a commitment ah jude i will come and visit you to tomorrow if that thing is not registered, if that commitment is not made in the soul, tomorrow will come, you will not, will not see you in Jide's house, and then Jide will be like, "Ah, what happened? Oh, I forgot. I forgot. I forgot." Not that you can't forget on a normal day. Maybe things happen too many, but I'm just saying there's a there's a particular aspect of the soul that, whenever it is used. It has to commit, amen. The soul is a tool of commitment. Wherever you have a soul, commitments must what must show forth, must show forth, must show forth, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the soul is a is an is a is a is a tool of worship, like I was saying. And he says who and says Satan opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God. And like I was saying, Satan is targeting the souls of men. Why? Because anything called God, he wants to obliterate it, he wants to remove it. So, but it's not just fighting you. Satan has a, a, a foolish ambition. Why? Because he wants to be foolish. He's only a fool that will say there is no God. But if he's trying to obliterate God, means he wants to say, there's no God. Only him is God. That means it's a foolish ambition of Satan to remove everything called God. Everything. That simple conscience that even an unbeliever will have that says, don't steal. Satan wants to get rid of it does not mind that they are not born again. He does not care that they are Gentiles. He wants to obliterate everything called God. Amen. Amen. So who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped? So that he has God, right? it's replacing God. He has God seated in the temple of God. See the, the the in this passage, that's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, they didn't say that he has a small God. It is he has a big God, meaning that he wants to remove God away. He wants to be that God. Right? Seated in the temple of God. When you say temple of God, you just might just think that is just, you know, the building or you can, you, can, you can easily say the church. Or if you don't go there, you can also say the temple in heaven, right? Different, but while all those things, right, are not wrong, there's, a, there's an also important aspect of God's temple that we don't see. That's men. To so you and me, we may not see ourselves as temple. But Paul was telling, uh, I believe, Corinthians, right? Saying, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? If the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, okay then. Okay then. Right? And if, if I look at that statement, don't you know that your body? I know Paul was also trying to address fornication, too, and adultery and all those things, right? But I feel it's much more than that because you know that your soul is also a body, right? If your soul is a body, then, of course, your soul and your spirit is a body. Then you have a physical body, right? And the scripture tells us that the soul have eyes, right? The soul have ears. Can hear it as he Let him hear what the spirit is saying. Right, to open their eyes, that sight. So the soul have eyes, nose. I'm sure it can smell. Right, I'm sure the soul can speak because it talks to God. Right, so we have you have a body that is not just this physical body. But if our spirit, as a body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost, it means that by how was that English word? Is one, I think it's also in scripture, in Romans, I think. But it says vicariously or vicariously. I forgot that English. Meaning that the fact that the soul is a body, it may, the spirit is a body, it means that it's automatically transfers to the soul and the body. So if your spirit is the temple of... Why? Because where does, where does the Holy Ghost really dwell? It doesn't dwell in your body. So what is its temple? Is you, the you, gaga. meaning that if you, as a spirit, as a soul, who has a soul that lives in the body, is the temple of the Holy Ghost, it means that you should not even carry your body to fornicate, like he was addressing, right? But what Paul is saying is that our, we are temples. Men are temples. Because we are temples... We, are, we can worship and we worship, right? Because where you go to worship is a temple. You go into your temple to worship. So meaning that when a soul is going to a physical temple to worship, it's not just that physical soul. It's not just that physical building that it's going to worship. It's, a, it's also journeying into the temple of its soul. He's joining into his own temple to worship. Right? Because what the instrument of worship is the soul of man. When, when a man is worshipping, it is the soul it uses. So men worship. What we do day, night, evening is worship. We, are, we worship every second. Let's be in the mood of worship. You don't have to be in the mood. <laughs> you are raised to be, to be a worship, but a worship too. You don't need mood. Amen. The mood as- aspect of worship, right? That's the feeling that men, you know. God does not. It's to, is it, to serve God? Is it by? Is it by feeling? So I say, let's be in the mood. I'm not saying that we should stop. Because you know, now, we Christians can feel like I'm attacking us. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just using the word mood, right? So I'm not attacking the statement, let's be in the mood of worship. You can still say it. Right. You know. I'm just saying that a soul does not need to be in the mood of worship because it is created for that. The soul is, is a worship material. Amen. It's a worship material. It can worship. It's made for worship. When you feel down, Lord, I can't, I'm not near to you. No, I, I, I think again, you have an instrument of worship. It's your soul. You can't. It doesn't matter whether you feel whether you feel you've feel you grown, whether you feel you've not grown. It doesn't matter whether you feel you've seen, whether you feel you've not seen. It doesn't matter. Why? The aspect of the soul, that soul can be used as a worship instrument to give worship to God. To worship God. I mean, that irrespective of your feeling, you can still serve God. Irrespective of whatever, maybe I feel happy, I feel sad, I feel this, I feel that. It does not matter what the feeling looks like. You, you, st- the the main instrument of worship is not your feeling, is your soul. Right? So it's, we can still raise up worship to God. A series of worship. Amen. So let me go further. It says, above all that is called God, all that is worshipped. Amen. So that he has God. Seated in the temple of God. Showing himself that he is God. So that's Satan's goal. Right? He wants to sit in God's temple. Although Isaiah 14 tells us of his ambition, right? I rise above the stars. I will be like the most high. Ha. Like I said, it's a foolish ambition, but I wonder what's in his mind. I don't think he can gain access to God's temple without access to men's souls. Why? Am I also saying this? It's because what is holding Satan? Why is not gone totally? Why is not fully judged yet? It's because men have his things. So Satan is buying time with men's souls, it's almost like the moment he fell in the beginning, God created the earth and created Adam and Eve. Ah! Opportunity to stay and not go into perdition. You see, they call him son of perdition. So the man is, I won't say man is quite significant to him, but it's significant to what he wants to do. They're, they're telling us in this season what he really wants to do. This is what Satan wants to do. Sit in the temple of God as God. If he's going to do that, one thing is clear. He must also sit in the temple of souls. If he can't sit in the temple of souls how how is he going to get worship? If he can't get worship it's not a god. Why because worship belongs to the moment have you have you ever seen ah there's a movie I think I think it's probably Garden of the galaxy or maybe star I can't remember where they have gods that are worshiped and the moment or maybe it's actually an asian movie I can't remember it's it's quite foggy now, I can't remember, but what was clear in that story is that gods need worshippers. Right? So they have a temple and it's where people go, they begin to worship. The moment they begin to worship them, this is sometimes it strengthens them. So when there was when there's nobody to worship them, they just they just die like that because they they grow old and die. So the sense in that movie that I picked is just that sense that they need the worshipers to actually have strength, and to stay. So when there is no worshipper, they are dead. They are as good as dead. Right? Uh, I, think, I think there's also some element of that in that for last uh, love and thunder, I think, I'm not too sure, I can't remember, but where one bad guy was killing all worshippers of other gods. But the main, the main thing is is going to kill the gods. He want to kill them. That's the, that's the main goal. Okay. Just killing God. I, I think, oh yes, 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 yes. So, the guy, how he became bad was that he worshipped a god. Yeah. He was praying to that god. His daughter was about to die or something, but the god did not answer. So, there was one time, I think maybe later, somehow, somehow had landed in a place, maybe you now saw the god, he you said know, ah, I prayed, the god the, the was just eating fruit and and biscuit and something. <laughs> I don't even know what to, but he was just like eating fruit in plenty. Ah, the guy was like, I prayed. He said, oh. he said oh, well, many people die for me. Ah. The guy just carried so one god Slayer sword and killed the god. That's how I started killing all gods and their worshippers. Because he felt... I worship and this guy did not answer. I will kill all of them. But summary, what I'm trying to say, right, is that as long as there is worship, a God can remain. Amen. So Satan, if he can remove worship of God in souls, then he can remove commitment to that God. And that is where we are in today. today, just look, it's very easy, just look outside. See where the world is at. You can tell that the worship of God is being removed from souls. Souls are getting more stronger against God. Souls are going more into perdition against God. Amen. I'm trying to round up soon. Let's just by 130 I should round up. I'll see, but let me flow with this thought. Amen. So the What brought me into this particular passage, right, is to explain that aspect of a God and a soul, right? Why souls must be led or why souls are tied to a God, right? Souls must be with a God. It can't be without a God. There must be a God in souls. There must be a God inside souls. Souls must have gods. It must. And Satan, has, like I was saying, Satan has a goal is to stay there as the God of the soul. He must stay inside souls as their God. So he says that he will sit in the temple of God, showing himself that is God. He wants to show that I am God. Showing himself that he is God. That's Satan's plan. Right? And we see from this scripture, right, that it's already targeting men. He's already, already doing it. He's already doing it, making men non-worshippers of God, but worshippers of Him. Men these days are worshipping Satan, they don't know. They are giving him worship. And that's why it's this it's this day. But God is going to shake the heavens and the earth. Is going to shake every place that Satan is holding onto. It will shake When he shakes that, souls will be delivered. Yeah. It, is, it is of necessity that a shaking takes place. Which is why the scripture is telling us that it is by tribulation we enter into kingdom. But we know that the tribulation does not end. In entrance, there is tribulation all the way to the most holy. There is tribulation all the way into God. As we saw, the only place where all tribulations end is when you have arrived in God. When you arrive, tribulation will end. Why? Because they would have made an end of sin. Right? They would have made reconciliation. For the sins of the people. The reason why there's tribulation is because of sin, right? That's, you know, when you talk about sin, you also have to talk about iniquity, right? (laughs) Because iniquity is the senior brother of sin. They are Padis, but iniquity is just the senior brother, elder brother of sin. But they must make sure that iniquity, sin, all those things must end, they must bring an end to it. And until there's an end to that, tribulation will continue. See, by what tribulation enter the kingdom, then when you move into the kingdom, then you begin to have tribulations again. As as it James or Peter, uh, Peter was telling us that brethren, when, say have uh, when you fall into diverse temptations, right? I think is it. James, it's James. It's James. Hebrew James. I believe it's James. Let me read it. It says, brethren, okay. My brethren, Hebrews James 1. Count it all joy. Sorry. <laughs> James chapter 1, <laughs> verse Verse 2. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Right? The trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, I see that the trying of faith is a, is, a, is a sense of tribulation in a way. Right? trying of your faith, work it patience. Then Peter, uh-huh, and I know Peter also mentioned something about this, right, when you fall into diverse temptation, right, well, let me see if I can, can find that one, but let me read, let me read this James first, and then, it says, when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith, we have said, but let patience have a perfect world that ye may be perfect, and tell are I want nothing, amen, so that's what James tells us, then what does Peter say, Okay, okay. So Peter also talking about trial too. Uh-huh. First Peter chapter one, verse six says, "Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Of course, these are times of tribulations for the soul. You are in heaviness through manifold temptation. That the trial you a trial of faith again. That the trial of your faith." Being much more precious of gold that perished. Though it be tried with fire, but be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Says, whom have ye not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see him, not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Amen. So we see trying, diverse temptation manifold temptation that peter and james as are referring to the same thing now i'll read revelations chapter one that john now made it clear to us so revelations chapter one verse verse four say john To the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be to you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. From the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ who is faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Okay. Let me go further to verse 8 quickly. Just to, to jump. Oh, let me read it there. It's in verse 6. And hath made us kings and prison to God, and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Say, I am Alpha, that's the Lord speaking through who he sent, and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come. The Almighty. I John. Who also. Am your brother. And companion. In tribulation. And in the kingdom. Right? And patience of Jesus. Was in the isle that is called. Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. So, Paul is telling us here, I'm your brother and companion in tribulation. So, by much tribulation, right, shall we enter into the kingdom? Amen. But John is now saying that, I am also your brother and companion, in tribulation, in the kingdom. So this is clear that this tribulation is not the one before you enter. Because by tribulation will you enter. He's saying that this tribulation is the tribulation in the kingdom. Right? And patience of Jesus. One thing is clear. When you are nearing that world of patience, the truth is you are you are nearing peace. Right? So it's in patience. So it's it's talking about, because they, they, they also upgraded John. John is, John became a prophet. Right? I'm of the fellow brethren, the prophet. Worship God. Right? So they want to, they are telling us that John is in the kingdom in tribulation. He's in a tribulation that is to shoot him further. He's shooting further. His brethren, there are also his brethren in tribulation, not only him. I, John, your brethren and companion in tribulation. So it's not only him, right? In the kingdom. So, this tribulation is a tribulation. I guess I'll summarize it there. In the kingdom. And we know that in the kingdom, you have Christ. Right? You have God. Right? So, you can't say it's just Christ. The beginning alone. It's actually tribulations all through. Because they are telling us, right? For example, uh, when when we use... I don't know. I'm talking a lot more about doctrine today. When they use... When they use... um, when they use Christ as a stone to explain they tell us Christ right who is a stone right precious then tried tried and precious so they tried the stone to be precious right and then you remember Peter and James are telling us that the trial of your faith so means that the trial of your stone Because stone is fate. So the trial of your stone or the trial of your fate being much more precious. So when you are Christ and you are growing, it gets to a point, right, where you move into another trial. So in that season, you have brethren that are also tried, amen, in that time. They are in trial. They are being tried. And the thing about trial is diverse temptation. Manifold temptation. Amen? Amen. Manifold world Temptation. One thing I want, to, I want us to understand is when you realize you are being tempted know that it is salvation that is at hand. Know why? Because they, they are looking to the purpose of trial yeah. is to make precious. precious. So maybe we've been growing and then all of a sudden we realize, ah, I have to do this, do that. Okay. Or all of a sudden, temptation. Because it's, it's a trial, right? They say trial of your faith. And James used the word when they are being tempted. Right? And we know that the scripture tells us that God tempts no man. And everyone is tempted when they are pulled by their lust, meaning that when temptation is going on, when tri- is a moment of trial, but it's a moment to remove what tempts. Is to remove what tempts. So the wisdom in that season is not to focus on the trial, as or to focus on the shortcomings. Oh, I've fallen short. I've fallen short. No. Okay, what is this? What is the what was the reason for my trial now? Right? Okay. Ah! Okay, they want this thing gone. Okay? Let's start working on it. They keep bringing... The reason for... If there's no trial, there will not be precious fruit. Because most of the time, when we see trial, we, the first thing we look at is our weakness and run away and... Mm-mm. What trial is is there? What trial wants to bet is preciousness. Meaning that if we can yield to the dealings or to the manifold, uh, we can yield to the grace in the manifold temptation, the grace supplied, we can come out what? Precious. We can come out precious. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, I don't know. How I landed here, but I was just trying to t- talk about trial, right? So, trial is a is a good thing. Let me put it that way. Trial is a good thing. Why? Because it is needed for to be made precious. For preciousness, it is needed. Amen. So, by much tri- tri- tribulation, like I was saying, right? Tribulation must happen. They must shake the heavens and the earth. And they must also shake things in souls. When they shake souls, right? The the thing that Satan shakes is what God will also shake. They will shake your mind. They will shake your spirit. Right? By words. They will shake it. Put it into, they they will throw it into tribulation. For what purpose? So that God can sit in the soul. Because Satan is doing the same, so he can sit there. It's a method that Satan knows in the spirit. Shakings is a method of removal and adding. When shaking is taking place, it seems that things want to come to an end. Right? For many of us that are going through trials, right, whenever they are shaking, us, it's as if our life is almost, it's like, "Ah, kill me now, just kill me now. But really, the truth of the matter is that they are making a precious, they are, they are creating a precious stone. That's what they are doing. They are bringing forth preciousness. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think I need to start drawing back to where I will end. Okay, so I've, I think I've explained enough. God will help me. Amen. God will help me. It's almost like I've, I've journeyed far. But what I was explaining so far, so far, is that aspect of God inside souls, right? That a soul must have a God. There must be a God in every soul. There is no soul that is empty of a God. There's a God there. I'll go back to Romans 3 and then, ah, I don't know if I'll get to this Acts 26 today again, but we'll see. For some reason I just felt the Lord just wanted me to go to Romans 3 and there's something there indeed amen praise the lord so i was reading earlier and i was mentioning Romans 3 verse 8 it says and not rather as we be slanderously reported and as some affirms that we say let us do evil that good may come whose damnation is just what then are we better than they right no in no wise for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin, right? And I was explaining, I, I moved from Jews, Gentile, right? It's from there to explain the major difference between a Jew and a Gentile. One thing that Reverend says recently, you know, just something, but you know, still th- thinking about it, is what a Jew means is a worshiper. So, a Jew is a worshiper. Meaning, a Jew is he who can worship God. He's a worshiper. If a Jew is a worshiper, it means that our soul can be Jewish. Right? And our soul can be Gentile. Depending on what is worshipping. Is the the, the definition of that soul is its worship, right? There are many, many members in our members. You know, the thing about the soul is that members is that some area can be worshipping God while some area can be worshipping Satan. That's the reason for salvation, right? But the summary, I think I'll just bring this to an end because I think it's just that, that aspect of God that I felt I should just explain I think that's a that's major thing I was, I was talking about right? and how we should understand in our soul how we are tied to things how we, we use our soul, we worship worshippers, we are worshippers men are worshippers by nature we are worshippers by nature, and why? Because a soul must be with a God. It cannot be without a God. It must be with a God. It must be with a God. It must be in love with a God. It must be committed to a God. In short, soul a soul is a body of commitment. It's, comi- it's, it's raised as a body of commitment. So it can give itself. When a soul is buying, is committing, like Isaiah 55 will tell us, why do you buy that which is not bread? Right? So why do you worship with your soul that which is not? Why do you use your soul? Why do you give your worship to that which is not bring bread to your soul? Because the reason why men worship God, any God, is because of bread. Mm-hmm. Or oh, you don't think so? I mean, I mean. It's bread. Okay, why do people worship uh, Amadioha? <laughs> they are bread. So that thunder will not strike and not affect their crop and all those kind of things. Okay, why do, why do people worship uh, Yemoja? because they are looking for a child. Well, I mean, it's more than that. I'm just talking about certain things that is key to all those gods. You no know, when people are looking for children. They go to Imoja, Yemoja, oh, give them child. That one will do, sacrifice, whatever they are doing. Their one child will show. And it's a lie. It's a lie. They can't give children. It's only God that gives children. So if they go to Imoja and Yemoja gives children, it means that God has it in mind to give them a child. That's just the truth of the matter. Yeah. If God has not decided to give them, let if they like, let them go one billion times. They just keep sacrificing chicken and goat. <laughs> and the people that are eating it will be getting fat. It's just simply because God wants to give the child. Yeah. All they just do is they sort change. They just put their spirit there. That's all. They, all they do, they, they install that. Why? Because the moment that child grows up, if that child can be born again, pew, gone. So, if it is that means if they get born again, they should die too. But that's why they almost feel like they are dying. Because once they give their life to Christ, attacks, this evil spirit will be visiting them over and over, trying to, no, you cannot go, you just empty trade, empty fight. But it will look so serious, They can wake up at night, COVID. It's just empty threads. All he's just doing is this soul must not love God. That's it. Amen. So, the separation, right, between a Jew and a Gentile is their God. What it's worshipping. Is it what? Is it a Jew is a worshiper? A Gentile. Is also a worshiper, but a worshipper of a different God. And the thing about the thing about a gentile is that it does not have one God that it worships, it worships idols. They're carried about onto these dumb idols. Meaning that we were all gentiles before we became Jews. Right? And because of that, there's, means there's a key aspect of a genitalic nature that souls must be aware of is that before it found God, it was tied to many gods, other gods, plenty, many, all kinds of gods. Right? I, I don't know what to use for this one. I was because I was going. I was going to. To. Talk about, you know, when you say God, there is the one like money, house, <laughs> right? And there's the one like actual God, like Amadioha, you know this? There's Amadioha and the rest, right? So you have souls in, 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 in reality, serving really, but oh, that, that, that's to tell you, the, that's a, it's a, a very low form. If, if it has degenerated to actually physically serving an idol, Because a physical idol is lower than an idol in the soul. it's Way lower. Way too low. Right? But Satan does not mind men going as low as dust. So the idols inside the soul that that God wants to deal with, is what they deal with uh, when we get born again. God starts dealing with that. And Paul was saying in Romans 3 that both Jews... A gentile, they are all on the scene. Why would you have a worshipper of God on the scene? It's a Jew. But that should tell us that there's more to it than just being born again. There's more to it than just being born again. Amen. So as, as I round up, let me just be saying uh, these things. I don't Because if I go that route, I think I'll spend more time. But I want to finish This and I want to I want to finish it somewhere. I'm hoping I can land somewhere quickly in 10 minutes. Amen. So let me trace it back. So a gentile, right, having a God, serving a God, worshipping a God. You have a Jew serving a God, worshipping a God. The difference between the two, right? is, or let me say, what is, well, ah, time, okay, I'll just say it quickly. So there's a major difference between a Jew and a Gentile, right Mm -hmm. difference being that even though a Jew and a Gentile, they're both under sin, a Jew have an advantage, why? Because it's not in all of its member, it's not just, Plenty idols, but there's now God in the midst. And because of that, there is a means for salvation. Right? So a Jew have God that can, a God that is a mighty man of war that can wrestle down other idols. It can wrestle and bring them down. No matter what, no matter which idol it is, he can wrestle them down, bring them down, cut them down. Amen. Mm -hmm. Meaning that no matter what idol it is that we might be looking at ah, this, this and that, heaven can cut them down. It's nothing for God. God can cut it. He says, both Jews are Gentile. They are all on the sea. Right. They are all, both on the same. Then what does he say? He says. As it is written. Verse 10. There is none righteous. No. Not one. There is none that understand it. There is none that seek it. After God. Amen. Ah, let me to finish this thing now quickly. So, so there is none. That understand it. There is none that seek it after God Amen, Amen. Hmm. There is none that understandeth there is none that seeketh after God There is none righteous There is no, no, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks it after God. Seek it after God. Amen. Amen. So a gentile, sorry, a Jew should not. A Jew should be separate from a gentile, which is why believers should not return to their vomit, right? A Jew should be different from a Gentile, but a Jew should not just be different. A Jew should move on to having their sight treated. Because I remember I was, I was saying earlier, right, to remove idols or to remove gods. Okay, I think that's the angle I'm coming from, right? So, like I said, a soul must be with with God, a soul can't be without God, right? And we say that a Gentile have idols, because they are carried about according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, right? It's already carried about by dumb idols. And there is a need for removal of idols, right? Which we now read in Act 26. Maybe we can read it, but... Ah, maybe I should have. Let me just leave it as it is. I think that explanation was was much needed. Uh, I don't I don't know if five minutes mean will be enough, but I'm I'm trying to shut to end the, the teaching. Amen. So, I read Acts twenty six verse seventeen says. You know what? It says deliver thee from the people, and from the Gentiles. Unto whom now I send thee. You see? Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles. Unto whom I send thee. Now, this speaking of Jesus to Paul, right, was talking about a sending to two sets of people. Is a sending to a Jew and a Gentile. so Delivering the, from the people, the people are the Jews, are his people, right? Jews, a Hebrew of Hebrew, a Jew of the Jew, right? And from the Gentiles, you see? You know, Paul was also sent to the Gentiles, right? That they preached to them. So he's delivering him from the people and from the Gentiles. So this ministration that they're about to say is a ministration to both the Jew, and to a gentile that are all on the sin, and the reason why they are both on the sin is because of the God factor in them. Right? Sin is present in a Jew because all of its idols are not yet gone, meaning all of its eyes are not yet turned. Like I was saying, eyes must turn. Eyes must open. What I really want to focus, on, what to focus on, is the opening, right? Not even the turning aspect; just the opening of the need for that opening of sight is what I'm saying that I'm explaining, right? Because the moment you open eyes, right, they can see worship, or they can see what to worship. Or let me put it this way: they can know what to worship, right? Ye, we know what we worship. Ye worship what ye know not. But we know what we worship. And the truth of the matter, really, is that we actually don't know what we are worshiping. Do we know Satan fully? Somebody that is envious or jealous or striving or, or like like Peter, first Peter chapter 2 is telling us, uh, you know, leaving all these malleys, you know, let us what? Desire is, as newborn new babes, desire is say milk of the world. Right? Imagine. Right? Just imagine that. If, amen. Amen. Mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. 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 To open their eyes. Mm. So, imagine a believer with Idols. Okay, now I'm trying to remember something. There's something I'm missing before I continue. What was I saying before I mentioned the Mali's strife? I said something. Huh? Yes, it, I was talking about the opening of the eyes and then. It's a sense. So, what did you say? Yes, I was reading Act Twenty Six. Okay, All right. I'm missing something. Okay, I remember. But I'm saying the open of eyes. So you have uh, a believer as newborn babes desired is the same make of the world. Right. Okay. N V S. Ah, huh. there's a reason why I mentioned that. I wanted to tie it to something. Yes. Mhm that's the key. Yes. What I wanted to say is that somebody that have that say all this thing that Peter was telling us anger, strife, jealousy does not know what they are worshipping. Why because when they are caring about their day they didn't know that they are actually giving worship to somebody. Because what they see have you, ever, have, you, have you ever seen anybody that is striving, that is jealous, that is backbiting, all those envying, all those things? Have you ever seen that thought about Satan? All they are, all they are thinking about is themselves. Okay, I want this, I want that. Okay, this happened, that happened, this one happened. Okay, okay, this, let, this, let this one go here, let this one come here, right? There's no sense of, I'm worshipping Satan. It's just me. But here's a question. If you are worshipping God, don't you know? Why? Because the moment you want to walk in love, you know why you are walking in love. (laughs) Right? Nobody, if you are walking in love, just walk in love just because... You don't know. I don't know. I just want to work in love. No. You know. So as you are working in love, you are knowing. You know what you worship. But Satan is blind. The reason why men don't know what they worship is because of blindness. Now the God of this world as blinded. Ah. Okay. Time I was going to, I have, to I have to end. So, what I'm seeing here, right, is deliverance from a God by the opening of sight, right? Deliverance from idols. Deliverance from idols by the opening of sight. Deliverance from idols by the opening of sight. Why? Because the moment eyes are being opened, right? Um, When eyes are being opened, deliverance is taking place. Why? Turning is taking place. You are being turned from the kingdom of darkness to light. Amen. Once sight. To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. You see that the blindness is tied to the power of Satan. Right? It's tied to the power of Satan. So we can understand that 2 Thessalonians I was explaining earlier. Right? Because it's Satan's power. That means it is Satan created. It is Satan orchestrated. Right? It is Satan control. Satan is controlling that arena He's the one is the main bad guy. and what he wants to do is he wants to make sure that men are blind to God. He wants to, he's blinding them and then taking worship. He needed to blind them to take worship. Do you know why? Because when God created the living soul, the living soul was not created to worship Satan Satan tricked the living soul into receiving worship from him in short I can say when Adam and Eve fell from the heavens they were not worshipping Satan they were not that's why they told us sin lieth at the door Meaning that worship of Satan has not begun. Even though they have tendency to. Then the moment came. Cain is the one that unleashed. Cain unleashed worship. What was the first thing he did? He built a city. He moved about building a city. So he unleashed worship. But what did the scripture tell us concerning concerning idols, or concerning sin. He said that, and his desire will be to what? To rule over thee. That rulership involves blindness. It involves blindness. There must be blindness for the soul. If not, the soul will not worship Satan. Why? Because the soul was designed. It's called living soul. It's it's designed to have life. It's not designed to operate death. So Satan needs to tell the soul, what you have is life. <laughs> if not, it will never take it. So it is a deception to the soul. Every soul that is languishing in death are in, de- are in deception. Why? Say the blindness, the God of this was blinded. I mean that, whether they will like it or not, they just can't help it. They are blinded. This is why we should pray for the healings of the nations. We have, to, we have to pray for that. Because men are under blindness. They are over the covering caste. Who is a god of idols? The covering caste is the is the masterminder of idols. It does not what you want is your worship. But you will give an idol. Yeah. Take. But that idol is is. Ah! I don't know how many of us has watched A Warrior None. The last episode, there was a particular aspect of uh, it, They created the technologies, it's more of a way to harness worship. So, added technology and spirituality is a cross. The moment men buy to it, it siphons their prayer energy and pass it on to the fallen. The, they call it falling in angel, but is, 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 is an angel that is falling. Right? That is the same thing Satan is doing. Satan gives men things to worship. And partly, it makes men feel powerful. Every of our idols, the truth of the matter is that they make us feel powerful. Every man's idol makes him feel powerful. Every man's idol blinds him. Uh, I don't know why I'm talking like this to you. You notice when, when Satan, right, wants to make someone envious, right? You know that it doesn't tell them they are less powerful. The envy comes from a sense of them having some power. Right? Right? Uh, why is, this, why is this lady just moving up and down? I can't even do it better. Right? Sense of power. Part of the deliverance is meekness, because meekness makes us weak. That's one thing meekness does. It makes us weak. We are too strong. If they leave us the way we are, we are, we are strong men and women. We are strong. We don't even know. Right? Sometimes we might have John and then we just land somewhere. Ah! maybe this. We don't know. So there are things we need. Help from God. Meekness. Because we need, we need deliverance from sin. He says we all, both Jews and Gentiles, they are all on the scene. So when they begin to administer sight to a soul, Like I was saying, this administration of sight is ongoing from the entrance up until tribulation ends. Sight must continue to be given. Every single time you discover your idol, sight has been given. One of the signs of sight being given is that you begin to see you are in tribulation. When you are not in tribulation, check, sight is not being given. You are not seeing things spiritually. The moment tribulation begins, you realize, ah, you now realize that they have actually given you sight. One of the things that is key to the deliverance of men is sight. Angels, the Lord, the, the highest of them, the Lord blessed them with sight. They are full of eyes within and without. Amen. And what the Lord wants us to do, or what the Lord, sorry, what the Lord wants to do with us, right, is to make us even much more better. Which means we must be full of eyes within and without. And I think this is where I'll just end it today. Can we begin to pray today that heaven will bless us with sight within and without? That sight will be administered. Sight upon sight in, in, in abundance, in multiplication. Because we know the, the blessing of the living soul is, in, is multiplication. Blessing, fruitfulness. Can we pray for the fruitfulness of sight? That heaven will bless us with sight. We will be blessed and be blessed with sight. Increased, increase in sight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Matak Bless us with sight. Lord Jesus, we ask for sight. We are praying for sight. Father, I need your sight. Bless me with your sight. Bless us with your sight. Let the blessing of sight increase for deliverance. For deliverance from idols. For deliverance from sin. O mazete mashita, blessing of sight. Blessing of sight. Blessing of sight. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word and how you've helped us to speak your word today. Father, we say be thou exalted. Father, we pray, Lord, that that which we have spoken. Today will be fruitful in us, in the name of Jesus. That we will be full of fruit from that which we've heard today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Father, wherever we are in need of sight and we are still struggling for deliverance. Lord, that you would increase blessing. Multiply blessing of sight for deliverance in those areas, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we pray that you will bless us abundantly. Increasingly, with your own sight, with your own self, in the name of Jesus, and for everyone desiring more sight, we ask Father that you bless us with sight, in the name of Jesus. You bless them with sight, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' precious name we are You